I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm your radio, radio show! Hello and welcome to the Nile and Nine podcast. It's Nile and Andrea back um, in our new normal. Um, we will be reviewing the new our abnormal. new abnormal. Yes, indeed. Um, we will be reviewing the Strokes album on this episode of the Nile and Nine podcast. And um, Andrea, how are you? I'm good. I, I I'm good. Yeah, good. I'm good. <laughs> Said yeah. that three times. I feel like I feel like I listened back to last week's, and I feel like we have such a small uh, sphere of living now that we're like I know. we have nothing to talk about really <laughs> like what are you up I mean, to my sphere of living was pretty small anyway but i mean at least before we had gigs and stuff to talk about yeah. whereas now we don't really but now it's, it's okay now it's just... i don't have any treats this week um because i ate my treats yesterday but i did my baking update is that i made um scones and little um chocolate cornflake buns and a loaf of bread and they were all delicious well that sounds good that's that's a very useful thing to do Um, and as you know i was going to give you this live on on the podcast but you know where my sourdough has gone i I saw the news i spent eight days making sourdough (laughs) i started with the starter from right right the website and uh did all that um it was it was interesting process, but uh, mm. fucking long. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It is long. But Eight I mean, days. Th- th- it took me like starter, seven days. You you can use the oh, the know. runoff from it. But do I really know? want to do that again? Like the the recipe I had had to, I had to go back four times and knead it, and then put it back in uh, different bowls and all this kind of stuff. And then yeah. I was just like, at first it was like this isn't going to work, 
and then mm. it was fine. The bread tastes lovely, but it just didn't rise. So, well, a fr- friend of the show, Claire Beck, um, told me on Instagram that she her sourdough st- starter went over the boat and into the canal. Oh. She just had quite enough of it. So, uh, if anyone out there has a good uh, recipe for sourdough for Nile, oh, listen, get in touch. I've been given loads of uh, uh, advice since then. So actually, yeah. maybe it was a good thing to post it up. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, things like the flow test, the flow test. Um, oh, you, you didn't do the flow test? I didn't know anything about the flow oh, test. Nile. Oh, Nile. Even I know on. about the flow test. Jesus. Look, new <laughs> frontiers. So what else are we going to discuss on this week's podcast? I don't know. We're going to uh, check in on some new songs that have been released. And we'll also be reviewing the Strokes album, as we said. What has been going on the last week? Like you said, there's been no gigs being announced. There's only gigs being cancelled if they if they hadn't been cancelled already. We did a check on check in on a lot of the uh, festivals that have, uh, had been announced prior to COVID-19 um, uh, last during the week. And it was an interesting one because at the moment, you know, Electric Picnic said it was optimistic it's going to go ahead in September. And I just can't see things going back to the way it was so soon. And I'm not the only one. Um, there was a report that came out. Uh, well, the New York Times had a, an expert uh, to saying Zeke Emanuel. Uh, he's a vice provost for global initiatives and the director of the Healthcare Transformation Institute of the University of Pennsylvania. Anyway, Ooh. his one opinion is that uh, it's just one man's opinion is that larger gatherings, conferences, sports, events, uh, concerts. When people say they're going to reschedule this conference or graduation for October 2020, I have no idea how they think that's a plausible possibility. It is, those things will be the last to return. We're talking about, you know, the idea that things will be staggered in terms of returning. Realistically, we're talking autumn 2021 at the earliest for those kind of big events to happen. I now, hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I don't like hearing that. Looking at um, what's been, in terms of the Irish perspective, a lot of the um, gigs that were due to happen in the Tory Arena have been pushed to 2021, like Dua Lipa, Nick Cave, Bonnie Iver, Simple Minds, Harry Styles. Um, at the moment, though, like Body and Soul put out a, a, a statement during the week to suppliers and people that they're working with saying that they're still planning on going ahead, which just kind when of When is Body and Soul? That's late J- July, isn't it? June, June, bank call, June um, 21st, June. like summer oh. solstice oh, so, oh of course yeah so, oh God. Okay. so they're currently put, treading the optimistic line i just can't see it happening in that way but um i don't know i mean sunstroke the rock vessel cancelled this week so that's the only main casualty i think a lot of the other vessels are waiting to see what happens like the likes of longitude hasn't been moved yet um independence yurt city altogether now another love story um sea sessions kaleidoscope the uh, family festival um of a lot of the ones that had um cancelled already are ones that were due to play take place in may um or they were indoor ones or smaller ones so i don't really know what's going to happen i mean i can't i just cannot see these things going back to normal normal well um, i suppose it's it it wouldn't be i guess right for us to go off of what an expert in America thinks they're they're having a very different pandemic to us. But I know this week, um, Simon Harris said that you know we're we are going to be social distancing for really really for like a long time. This isn't good, and you know there's not going to be um 
as as somebody will talk about in a few minutes um said there isn't going to be a switch where everything is just allowed again um and i think music festivals are are absolutely the the lowest um priority in terms of spaces that we need people to be filling um from from the point of view of the government um because they're just you know people you can't wash your hands at music festivals for instance like you there's no way to stay clean at a music festival you can bring all the hand sanitizer you want you're filthy the whole time you're there and you're coughing and you're you know dancing with strangers and getting up to all sorts like it it is not a you know healthy environment make um so i if if any of these festivals were to go ahead, I would not be going to them. Like, and I, and I know that's, you know, but that's just, it's just the kind of caution that I think a lot of people are going to have. Festivals are going to lose money whether they go ahead or not. I think a lot of people are just going to opt not to go or to sell their tickets if they do go ahead, you know. Yeah, I agree with that in lots of ways. But at the same time, I feel like there's going to be a breaking point for a lot of people. I think uh, you've kind of seen that in terms of people need to get back to some sort of level of normality. And not, I suppose, not... yeah, I am saying this in April. Yeah, like that's, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's been four weeks into this now that we're in and uh, it feels like longer. And um, there's a certain, especially when the, the weather's so nice as well, it does feel like you want to go and do something. Like there was, I'm I'm in Dublin 8 and uh, Daddy's o- reopened its cafe in terms of offering a distant, uh, socially distant menu. Um, I don't know how that, it's working, but there was a big queue outside of today when I went out for a walk. Um, so they're just doing treats and bits and uh, you can take away stuff. I think for businesses as well, you know, they have to consider those kind of things and promoters and festivals and all those kind of things. So, yes, sure, some of them are owned by big, big corporations now and they could take a hit maybe in the short term. But long term, what it's going to do in terms of uh, uh, the fees and um just generally like and, and you, it's good it's a nightmare it's hard you wonder like are and i say a lot of these festivals that are coming up at the end of may or june are kind of waiting to see what kind of um restrictions are in place will be in place by the government so that may apply to some of the insurance i don't know the ins and outs of that exactly but that could be the one of the reasons why they aren't cancelling yet um and then sure who knows if some of those uh, acts that are international who are due to visit will be able to arrive even never mind uh, play um, so that's another thing what what I think could happen would be a lot more um, winter festivals like uh, what was that was it Metropolis that was on in, yeah um, Metropolis in the RDS yeah, stopped like, two like years they, ago. they in, in order to kind of recoup losses if we are able to do so in the winter time there could be more of a call for those kinds of events where it's, you know, multiple acts over multiple days. Um, even, you know, put putting on a, a festival for a week in the Workmen's or Whelan's or, or whatever it might be, just to try to recoup those losses. Um, but I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't see any of us dancing in a field this summer. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm of the same it's such mode, a bummer. unfortunately. Um, but I still have because I I was like going into 2020 like ready to break my festival hiatus and ready to 
just do it and go and have a good time and put anxiety aside and all that. And I was like, yeah, one of my resolutions is to go to a whole festival for a whole weekend. And now I, I can't do it. <laughs> no, you'll have to put that on. Woe is me. Yeah, well, you know, these are the things that keep us a oh, bit well. sane and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, yeah. things to look forward. You need things to look forward to. You also need reasons to be cheerful. So, um, yes, I do. With that in mind, um, do we have? Do you have any reasons to be cheerful this week? Reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. One, two, three. So my reason to be cheerful this week, um, and you're going to roll your eyes um, when I tell you. Am I? Is it possible to roll your eyes in this kind of environment? I don't know. Well, uh, well, yeah, no, that's true. If you roll your eyes, you're a bad person. One Direction are speaking about anniversary reunions. I knew it was going to be One Direction. I knew it. I just knew. I didn't even see this. I just knew it was going to be this. Have you not seen this? Oh, my God, Niall. The scandal. Oh, my God. Right. So they're coming up to 10 years since their formation on the x factor which is wild and i don't like to think about it but in the past week all four lads who remained to the end in one direction refollowed zane on twitter which was a big deal and liam payne um in an interview with james corden said that he had been speaking to other members of the band about doing something to celebrate the 10-year anniversary. He says, I'm not allowed to say too much, obviously, because I'd be giving it away, but we've been speaking a lot at the moment, Liam Payne giving stuff away there while he's not supposed to be because he's the worst. Um, So, uh, yes, and he also, um, this from the BBC website, Payne confirmed that he had a, 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 I nearly said hashtag instead of quote, he had a quote, (laughs) beautiful FaceTime call with Niall Horan and also chatted with Louis Tomlinson. What? Beautiful. Beautiful FaceTime with uh, with Niall Horan. I I can't imagine a a FaceTime with Niall Horan being anything but beautiful, to be honest. Um, So I'm really excited about that. I just, you you know, it's the lads. I'd love to hear. They've just got so many amazing songs Um, and I'd love to hear them play them again. I've never seen them live um ne- never got to see them so even if it is a sort of an online zoom situation um i think it'd be really nice to see them all together again and to see the dynamics to see how zane will react uh kind of within that dynamic if he's if he'll still be the like i'm way too cool for this band cool kid smoking a joint and if like Harry and Niall are just like two puppies and the other two, you know, whatever. But, oh my um, God, the drama of what we're it's just, about It's just so exciting. So I went on to Tumblr, obviously. Oh, and did just, you reactivate uh, your account? <laughs> I, <laughs> my account never went away, as oh. you well know. Um, so I was just like, well, I, I miss, you know, being too old for the fandom but still like keeping an eye on it because I found the whole One Direction fandom just so fascinating to watch as it was happening um I used to make notes about it and yeah I got like really nerdy about it um but so I went on to the the Tumblr hashtag and it was just like just 
teen girls, but girls who'd kind of grown out of their teens in now in their early 20s, just losing their minds about this. Uh, yeah, it was a, a real reason to be cheerful this week. It really um, cheered me up to kind of feel the love of a fandom all at once shrieking at the top of their lungs. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Sure. That's lovely. Well, that's a nice whole wholesome thing to have, huh? So wholesome. <laughs> so just boy bands, where have yeah. they gone? <laughs> we need them. We need them now more than ever. <laughs> well, uh, my my reason to be cheerful is a very uh, larger than life character in reality. And um, so, yeah, it's Cardi B. And uh, I think I saw a tweet from James Calvin during the week. It was like, anytime I hear the words uh, coronavirus, I just hear coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Same way that she's yeah. been saying it. Um, but she's been doing lots of the Instagram live stuff, being very uh, vigilant and staying at home. And she actually interviewed uh, Bernie Sanders um, this week, which led to this uh, lovely line of questioning in her uh, Instagram live. First of all, Bernie, learn to, when do you think America is going to open back up? When do you when do you think that that's going to happen? Because there has been talks about um America opening back up, number 45, and, and some governors, they keep going back and forth. But the thing is that people are still dying and catching coronavirus. And as much as I want to go outside, because I want to be outside for the summertime, you know, I want to be outside, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I just don't feel like it's safe to go outside. So when do you think? Do, do you have some friends in there that kind of know a little shun, 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 do you want to share to the world, world, world? Uh, nobody knows. Yeah, that is uh, <laughs> that is uh, Gary B talking to Bernie Sanders, who takes it very well, and uh, just yeah, you know, a little bit of light in in the in the weird times, grey and dark times we live in, and uh, oh, I just love those kind of little bits. I love her. her. She's her great, and you know, it, it was a good question. It took her a while to ask it. It but, did. It did indeed. Bernie, Bernie's such a charismatic good sport in kind of everything that he does and he's yeah, I'm so sad. I sorry, this is reason to be cheerful. Um yeah, Biden, I guess, you know. But um but yeah, oh, so sweet. But I I think is that the only clip that's circulating or can you watch the whole Oh yeah, you can watch live. some of it. I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've only seen okay. bits of it. So I uh, I must go and watch the whole live because I did love that clip. Even I like the, the two of them. Yeah, there's another bit of her just like trying to get her Instagram live to work when it's actually working and she's like I saw that yeah. bit when she's like figuring out her nails which are like <laughs> 6 inches long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <They're> amazing. <laughs> but that's that's just a nice little thing and you know like we've talked about in the last few weeks it's the little things at the moment that are keeping me going and keeping yeah. us going. So Oh my god, Niall, have you seen um an ad? I don't know if you watched telly, but I was watching the news last night. And there's a Virgin Media ad at the moment and it's just clips from people's phone. I didn't know it was a Virgin Media ad and it's just clips from people's phones of people just like making do during the virus. Like people doing like keepy uppy challenges or learning TikTok dances. I like or like waving to their grandparents from like across the street. I just I broke down and I was like what is this and at the end it was like virgin media stay connected or whatever it was and I was like I cannot believe a virgin media ad has made me cry (laughs) I was I was like honestly in a hoop I was gone but I remember seeing somebody on twitter saying it was a tweet that was something like that virgin media ad can fuck off and I was like oh no they must have done like a really problematic ad but now I know 
that it's just really upsetting. <laughs> but it's amazing. It's good. All it was missing was Mr. Tato at the end. Oh, like sad. it was just so beautiful. It was really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's very good. I haven't actually been watching regular TV at all. So um, I, I, I just felt the need to like step away a bit from the facts and figures in the last few days. It's a good idea because you just break down on ads otherwise. So Yeah, yeah, well... That's true. Um, in a follow-up, actually, to we did a special episode on Friday where we talked to Jenny Jennings of This Is Pop Baby and Angela Dorgan of the National Campaign for the Arts, who also represents First Music Contact. Now, when I talked to her last week, um, just prior to the call that you heard on this podcast special, she did mention that there was going to be a new emergency relief fund coming um, for the Irish music industry. Now, that was announced. It's not a government... Um, uh, it's not a government fund, it's an industry-funded uh, uh, kind of relief fund. It's called the COVID-19 Emergency Relief Fund. Um, result, uh, it is put together by Imro, Irma and First Music Contact, who are going to put it together along with uh, Spotify, also contributing via their uh, relief fund that they pages that they've set up, the COVID-19 Music Relief. Not entirely sure uh, how much uh, the fund actually will is is in total, but it basically uh, boils down to 750 quid once-off payment to the likes of songwriters, composers, performers, session musicians and arrangers. Um, and there's just some application requirements that include, um, in terms of IMRO royalties, you have to have made more than 500 quid in the last two years, or but less than 50,000. Um, and there's a number of things. That's all on notonline.com and Imro and Irma's website and stuff like that. Um, uh, you can't be in receipt of payment from an any similar music industry relief fund in another jurisdiction. I think that mainly applies to other countries as opposed to Ireland, but a couple of things to clarify on that, but that came out today. Um, so you can check that out if you are in that position or you do qualify for that. Uh, no harm in doing that. It is only a one-off payment after all, but... Um, Every little helps, I guess, in this environment. So um, shall we move on, Andrea, to our songs of the week? Let's um, do that. Our first song is by Phoebe Bridgers, and it is called uh, Kyoto. And it sounds like this. Phoebe Bridgers song is called Kyoto from a forthcoming album from uh, Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, I am excited to hear what is coming uh, on this album. I kind of don't know if I knew there was an album coming from Phoebe Bridgers. It is called Punisher um, out uh, June 19th um, on Dead Oceans. Phoebe Bridgers, of course, is the artist responsible for um, 
Well, her debut album, Stranger in the Alps, came out in 2017, then Better Oblivion Community Center, the album we reviewed last year on the podcast, which she did with Connor Oberst, also uh, involved in Boy Genius with Lucy Dacus and um, Julian Baker as well. So one of those uh, songwriters that I've certainly uh, really warmed to in the last couple of years. She says this song is about uh, imposter syndrome and it comes with a video that features um, herself against a green screen. She was due to be back in Japan um, for uh, this year, but uh, didn't get to go um, because of uh, the obvious. Um, but so she did a green screen version instead. And the song is about imposter syndrome being in Japan for the first time and playing music to people who wanted to hear it and feel like I'm living somebody else's life. I presume, Andrea, you're a fan of this song. Yeah, I am a fan. I actually returned to that um Better Oblivion Community Center album this week. Um and God, it's good. Like her her vocals are always just so strong. Um yeah, I really really like this song. I'm really excited for the album. I think we've had another song from her off the album. Um but I can't quite remember. Um uh, Garden Song, I think it was called. Garden Song. Yes. Um I think she's a fantastic songwriter and I mean it's it it shows from all of the projects that she's worked on being you know at least indie hits you know like people people tend to be very uh, kind of warm towards her this sounds like it's going to I suppose maintain that very garage rock sound that we sort of know from her but it might be amping up the production a little bit um or we we might be hearing a bit more of a uh not stronger but i guess um a more inclusive sound from her in terms of like getting the whole band in yeah the um, kind of mariachi kind of horns there kind of reminding yeah. me of something else like maybe the national or something like that maybe um there's a bit of that so that's interesting as well it's not a bit of a new uh sound for her as well yeah, I, f- I feel like the album's going to be good. I just kind of feel that. Um, so hopefully she takes some risks on it. Um, we know that she's pretty daring as it is, uh, like in, in, in her projects, but it will be nice to kind of return to just Phoebe Bridgers um, and to hear what she has to say. Yeah, it's been a while since she had some solo, solo stuff. Um, I certainly solo album, so that'd be good to hear. Okay, yeah. our next track uh, this week is from Charlie XCX, who's been recording in isolation. And this is the first track from her forthcoming album. Charlie XCX song is called Forever from her forthcoming album How I'm Feeling Now. 
Um, I probably chose this song less because of the actual song itself, but more because of what Charlie XCX has been doing as a artist since the lockdown began. She has been, uh, she's basically put a date on the album that she's going to release uh, in lockdown. It's called uh, How I'm Feeling Now. It's going to be out on the 15th of May. This is the first song from it. It was written um, by herself and then sent uh, to Charlie or to A.G. Cook and B.J. Burton. Um, and so they were hooked up uh, in over the internet and uh, that's the working process that she's been doing for her album and it'll all be recorded, produced and released while in quarantine um, and I guess the other interesting part of it is that she's been doing a lot of like Zoom chats with fans and taking Q&As and doing uh, things like tarot reading cards and whatever, uh, tarot readings and things like that so uh, just an interesting way of doing it in terms of the song it's fine and it's kind of like pretty much standard Charlie XCX vibe, really. I, I like it. Um, I, I think maybe it goes on a bit long. Um, I don't know if it needs to be over four minutes, but um, I like it's kind of, um, it's very sweet um, and very kind of wearing itself on its sleeve. But um, yeah, it's maybe a bit long. Yeah, um, yeah, it's um, it's fine, it's fine. You know, I don't think uh, we're ever really going to get those. You know, I don't know what I, what do I want from Charlie XCX is the question, and probably what I want is not what she wants to give. Uh, usually, um, you know, she's obviously capable of writing big pop hits for other people, but I just I don't know. Sometimes I just want the less cool banger or like more like oh the atmospheric cool banger from her than and just like a straight out like a uh, big pop tune that you know i know she can do and i know it, i don't know if that's unfair of me to think of that of somebody yeah. like that you know i just know she's capable of it and i'd love to hear her. i know she's great with melodies and stuff like that and i'd just love to hear some i don't know it's like cool points over a certain point you can be cool as much as you want but it'd be nice to hear that amalgamated a bit more like my favorite stuff for charlie's like room room and stuff like that and you know even gone from her album last year and things like that i'd like to hear more of that kind of stuff but sure you know you never know i mean i think the idea of an album being worked on in isolation i'm sure is like i was saying this week so many we had so many um submissions from irish artists releasing new music um that i couldn't actually keep up with them all this week yeah. um i ended up with 150 emails at the start of the week and I try to whittle them down and like basically to give them all time to listen to uh, something, you know, give them all a, at least some time um, individually. But it's really hard to do that when there's such a, an onslaught of music. But I think we're going to we're going to be hearing. I heard also Dua Lipa might be starting to record her album um, in the um, while she's in quarantine as well or her next album. So who knows? Wow. Who knows what's going to happen with that? Now it is turn. It's the turn of your uh your fella, you were talking about last My week. My boy. Hamilton Lighthouser, and this song is called Isabella.
So that was the Hamilton Lighthouser. Song is called Isabella. New album is called The Loves of Your Life. Andrea, you're a fan. Hamilton Lighthouser, I don't think is really for me, but you can tell me more about this album. Yeah, big, big fan from Big Ham. Um, former Walkman member. I think we we know who he is. Uh, he had an amazing 2016 album with Rostam from Vampire Weekend called I Had a Dream That You Were Mine. Um, you know, quite successful and critically acclaimed. Um, one of my favorite albums from that year and an album that I have been returning to probably on a weekly basis since its release. I absolutely adore it. So this was really, I was really, really excited um, about The Loves of Your Life, which is the name of this album, um, for it to come out. And I have to say that it has exceeded expectations. Um, I absolutely love it. It reminds me a bit of the feeling you get when you listen to that um Remember that Andy Schauf, Andy Schauf? Oh yeah, Neon Skyline. Yeah, Neon Skyline. It's it's that idea of just kind of switching on an album and being transported to this other world where you can kind of, you can hear the sounds of the neighborhood, you know the people that live there. Um, Each song on this record is written about somebody from his life. Um, So it is very kind of character driven and character based, but he has just that, those hooks like those melodies he is so so good (laughs) um beautiful kind of choral influences he's definitely brought the rostam influences in this as well i think you can hear that all over whenever you hear an organ and even whenever you hear the choir coming in um he seems to have kind of learned a lot from his time with rostam and i think isabella um which is the song that we just heard there is absolutely a highlight on it. It's it's definitely one of the more, I guess, delicate tracks, but it has such a beautiful melody, such beautiful harmonies, um, and a really beautiful story in it as well. Um, it's it's just yeah, it's an album that I I mean, had the Strokes not released a record, I would have picketed for this to be our album of the week this week. Um, I think it's it's as good as the Strokes record, like if not better. Um, it what you can probably find less to be annoyed about in it we'll say um if you're a strokes fan or if you're not a strokes fan but um it's a really truly wonderful album for your two kilometer walk uh in the sunshine definitely um and it's yeah it's just really really lifted me this week um good i did try and give it a go i did try and give it a go all right but um i found it i wasn't in the mood for it at all so yeah um, I, I, that's okay I will, I will go back and give it a go at some point yeah um, it's, it's but that just, song sounds like, lovely it, it, it's, it's a beautiful song and I mean his voice is as good as ever um, I think there are more moments where it's subdued a bit on the album where he's singing in his kind of lower register not really belting out as much and I think those moments are really nice they, they, they give this feeling of levity and um and dynamic, uh, which maybe you could say was missing a little bit from the last record. Although, you know, you'd argue that that record was kind of supposed to be a bit of an onslaught of of his voice. Um, but yeah, truly brilliant, brilliant album from him. Um, I think uh, he's just, he, he can do no wrong. Um, oh, except when he tried to do a live stream on um, <laughs> on YouTube uh, about two weeks ago and he couldn't get it to work. Uh, so <laughs> uh, God bless him. But yeah, and you know, he's just, he's such a lovely guy as well. Like, and just, 
he's just one of those musicians who I'm so happy that he releases good, good mu- moving music because he kind of deserves to because he's really nice too. Yeah, um, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah, I just find him really charming and um. Yeah, the album is, oh, it's like, I cannot recommend it enough. And, you know, like your mom can listen to it, your, I don't know, your sister, whoever. It's It's got it's got a lot of kind of country through lines in it. Um, it's definitely, it definitely feels like his country album. Um, and, you know, you just can't go wrong with that voice and those melodies, you know. Yeah. Okay, great. All right, our final song this week is from The Streets and Time and Pal. This is called... Do we Co- have to? Yeah, we're doing it. Call my phone <laughs> thinking I'm doing nothing better. Is this because I complained about the Drake song last week? We'd lick a taste weirdly better when your life is fucked up. You call and call my phone thinking I'm doing nothing better. I'm just waiting for it to stop so I can use it again. Right, that's enough of that. That was the Streets and Tame Impala. The song is called Call My Phone, Thinking I'm Doing Nothing Better. Um, this song is from a mixtape called None of Us Are Getting Out of This Life Alive. And by the sound of that, none of us are getting away from this uh, unscathed. I don't know what the hell's going on here. Well, I think, first of all, to say Mike Skinner has been doing very little of interest since um, his second or third album. Um, and I don't know, it's like, I always think it's really strange. I don't know whether his voice has thinned or his production has just like completely changed. Like I think he just sounds like he doesn't have any conviction anymore. Like he doesn't sound like he believes a word he's saying. Yeah, he just sounds so, it sounds so thin though. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I mean, it, I don't know whether it's a production thing. Like I, so we did a Lumo thing over the weekend, um, a live stream and I played Turn turn the Page as part of it. And I was just listening to the song going, it's got so good. And mm. For some reason, everything he's done pretty much in the last eight, nine years, whatever it is, or 10 years, even longer, has this like thinness to it that just you're like, why does he sound so weedy and small? And again, we're doing this again. We've got this Tame Impala. I don't think this is an, a new, this is this a new Tame Impala song or a knockoff like verse thing. It's like, like Kevin Parker just was like, I like the streets. Uh, I'll give him something f- that I didn't use somewhere. Literally sounds like somebody doing an impression of Tame Impala. Like I cannot believe Kevin Parker got involved with this song. Like it is, it is so not a good song. It's completely, it's even tonally all over the place. Like it's the, the, the verses and the chorus, like I did, they're so disjointed. I don't understand what the point is. I don't understand what it's what it's serving. Like what? I'm not sure there what, is a point. <laughs> what, what what was the word they wrote on the whiteboard while they were brainstorming this? Like, what's the point? I don't get it at all. I think it sounds all over the place. It doesn't sound like it's produced very well either. Like the the dynamics and the kind of the, even stuff like the volume in it seems to be all over the place. I don't I don't understand it. Like it's just. And I guess like Mike Skinner is is so interesting because he he is, you know, he's a legend, but he just he's just kind of one of them who isn't doing who hasn't done anything good in a while. And it's like, yeah, like, absolutely. I would not trade all of the stuff that he did on the first two albums for anything. Like, I love those albums. I loved his early stuff. So he he. He can basically be shit for the rest of his life for all I care. I I don't care as long as like because we'll always yeah. have those records. But it's just like I don't know. I, you you know the conviction is there with him. You know that he's able to make 
really cool, really pithy, really witty commentary on things. And he's just not really bothering. Like, is this the comeback? Like, what? what is it? I don't know. I just don't think he needs to do it. Like you said, you know, there. Um, I remember seeing him at Electric Picnic was last year. And like when he played the old songs, it was great. But then he'd lose focus and he'd start like almost ranting at the crowd a little bit. It was like uh, jovially ranting and uh, having the bounce. But it was like mm. that. Just stop. Stop mm. trying to like get talk about the uh, fancy champagne you got because it's one of your lad's birthdays. You know what I mean? Like, it's like just focus. There's no focus. Yeah. There was no focus on stage. And I was like, okay, I wanted to hear like turn the page and has it come to this and stuff like that. And then I was like, do you know what? I'll leave it from here. I'm go- I have had enough. I don't need any more of this. So yeah. uh, that's how I feel about his recorded stuff. Sadly. Yeah, it's um, a shame. So, so that is that. Okay. That are their songs of the week this week. Um, before we start with um, the album of the week, uh, just to say, if you're listening to this before Sunday this week, we are doing yet another Nile or Nine music quiz this Sunday night um, where I'll be on your screen. Uh, that's me giving a thumbs up to Andrea. <laughs> Um, um, and I'll be doing the quiz again. We'll have about 50, 42 questions, I believe, maybe a few more than that. Um, and we have fi- one of the questions, actually, is how many questions does this <laughs> how quiz How many have? questions does this quiz have? <laughs> so, yeah. um, if you listen to the podcast, you're, you, you have that question <laughs> in the bag. Yeah, I did actually uh, use us in one of the quiz questions in the, in the last one. It what was, was it? What was the what was the song we deemed the worst song of 2019 last year? And do you know the answer to it? Yeah, it was Tones and I. Yeah, dance, dance monkey, dance monkey dance which monkey. I heard on I won't name the radio station, but I heard name it being them. played today. FM played it <laughs> twice, twice in a day. I was like, lads, what? Two it's different a- DJs, but still. Hugely popular song. Hugely popular song. Still is, apparently. Very strange. But look, um, yeah, we're doing another one. Did people get that question right? Uh, Yes. Well, I'd have to actually check. I don't think it, I think it was a pretty mixed bag because I had like Taylor Swift, me as one of the options. I had Kanye close on Sunday and then I had, oh, I can't remember. Oh, Old Town Road, just as a like. Hmm. Could it be? Could could it? Could no. it be? I don't know. I, but, well, yeah. anyone who listens to the podcast knows that I love Old Town Road. I know. That's why I put it I, in. But I'm it's, a Taylor Swift apologist. I don't. Well. I don't mind Old Town Road at all. But I just felt like it could be one of those ones that people might think we put in. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So for more exciting questions that you can't Google, hopefully on Sunday <laughs> at seven thirty on YouTube. Um, oh, because you I suppose yeah, it is important to have questions that you can't Google. I'm trying. I'm trying to home. do that. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to do. And now uh, you can't do it for every single question, but uh, mm. yeah, we'll see what happens. I still have to do a lot of work on it before Sunday, but we'll see what happens. And and again, that's the other thing, just to say thanks everybody for, uh, and if you're thinking about contributing, the best thing to do and to support us is go to patreon.com forward slash nine or nine. We also have a GoFundMe for the quiz as well, because unfortunately quizzes online with over 500 people uh, cost money to run. So um we do have to cover those costs, unfortunately. So uh, that is GoFundMe.com forward slash 99 or Patreon.com forward slash 99. Anyway, that's enough of that. Can we talk about the strokes? We can now commence talking about the strokes. But before we do hey. that, we oh. are going to play Brooklyn Bridge, hey. the chorus from the, new, of album the, from the, strokes. <laughs> the new Abnormal. And it sounds like this. 
Right, that was The Strokes with Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus, the third song from their sixth studio album, first album in seven years since 2013's Come Down Machine. It is called New Abnormal. I'm going to um, defer to my beaming colleague on Skype at the moment and ask Andrea how she's feeling about the album. Okay, so I'm feeling, thank God, really, really, really positively about the album. Um... I mean, I hit play in it as soon as I woke up last week. That's a lie. No, I had to finish another review that I was writing um, and it was killing me that I couldn't listen to it until it was done. So, yeah, I hit play in it last week and I think like I was about three quarters of the way through the first song and I was like, well, I mean, it's good so far. Does it does it remain good? I'm so scared. I'm so nervous. And then, you know, like it just... It just kept going and, and I, I didn't find a song I didn't like um on first listen. And then it ended. I wanted more from it um in terms of like I wanted another song. It wasn't a laborious kind of task to have to listen to it. And I just went straight back and listened to it over and over and over and over and over again. I actually didn't listen to the Hamilton Lighthouser album until Saturday. That's wow. how much I was listening to this album. Um, so, yeah, I feel really, really positively about it. Those are my initial thoughts. What are yours? Um, I have to say my first listen, um, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't mm. know about this. And uh, so I needed a bit more time to listen to it, which I mm. have done. Um, do you want me to give you my whole opinion of it now? Uh, give me the well. g- give me the top line. Um, I enjoy it. I think it's better than, than their last two albums. Um, I think there's some good songs here, but I can't escape the feeling of it being a little bit background music here and there for a lot of it. Like I really like this. My favorite songs on it are uh, "Eternal Summer." And Brooklyn Bridge, the chorus, and At the Door, I think I really like as well. Mm. Um, but there's a lot here that just isn't doing much for me personally. Um, okay, that's okay. You're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> Not wrong, my opinion. Plen- uh, plenty of people are wrong. Pitchfork <laughs> gave it what five point two. I mean, come on. I, I didn't read that. Um, oh yeah, no, it's a disaster. Like I definitely um, think it's a it's a pleasant album, and I found it really it's a nice thing to put on the back. I found it a nice thing to put on the background in the sunny day, as there has been many sunny days recently, um, and been. that's the feelings I've had for it so far. Um, I can't like I'm not the hugest Strokes fan, as in like I'm not as committed now down the line. And again, kind of a similar thing to what we're talking about about the streets, like. 
obviously when you have a big first album and then you know people see the trajectory of what happens afterwards i think it's really good that they've released this that it sounds like it does it's not going to do anything in terms of change people's opinion or or how they're going to be perceived in popular music um it's the strokes doing what the strokes do pretty much they're not trying any um you were worried about or you were kind of questioning whether it'd be much experimentation in it the experimentation is pretty minimal the two songs in the middle of Bad Decisions, which um, they'd given a songwriting credit to Billy Idol talking to myself, and then Eternal Summer, which I really like, which is very... It's, I've, I've been going to listen to where the sample is on who sampled, and it's the Psychedelic Furs, the Ghost and Use, the song. Yeah. And I don't know, is it an actual sample, or did they just give a credit to it because it sounded a little bit like it, and they were just worried about it? I don't know. Um, I don't really see that one as much. I can hear, I can certainly hear the Billy Idol one, but I think that was just a preemptive one because we're in this weird copyright thing now where uh, people could potentially get sued even if they didn't uh, intentionally rip that song off or try mm. to cover it in any way or sample it. Um, so I think that's a bit odd, but it is nice. I think it it is a good example of where the Strokes have always kind of lied in terms of their influences. Um, I... Again, I'm I'm finding some of these songs hard to remember here and there, um, and I wish every time I go back to them, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that one. Oh, that's that mm. one. Um, I'm getting a bit of that. Um, and I think yeah, it's a very it's a very pleasant album. I'm finding it very pleasant. Um, but I don't know if that's enough, or maybe it is. You know, it's certainly better than their last two for me. And uh, in in those terms, I think that's a win absolutely better than the last two um and better than i expected from them um i think no matter what happened like i i could have hated this album um it would have been easy for me to hate it um because i guess i just have more of an awareness like the older you get the more music can disappoint you um so i i wasn't i i mean i I went into it we we spoke about this last week Uh, i went into it hopeful um after hearing brooklyn bridge to chorus and um at the door and the other one uh bad decisions and so i right so things i love on it are i think rick rubin did a fantastic job um with the production we can actually hear what Julian Casablancas is, is singing, which yeah, is that's that you know, is something worth. Uh, it's really really nice. I think I think Julian's vocals have never sounded better. Um, in, well, may, maybe on Boombox, but that's you know it's not canon. But um, his falsetto on Selfless and his vocals on The Adults Are Talking. I I feel like especially on The Adults Are Talking, we've never really been so close to his vocals. Like he he's he just sounds so immediate and and so close and I think it works well because he's now actually singing, I guess he's he's not wrapped up in um in abstraction as much anymore. He he's actually singing about things the lyrics themselves are actually more immediate more clearly identifiable as being about things like politics and global warming and change and depression um and so i think like even elsewhere it i I, i'm actually really interested that you enjoy eternal summer because i think that seems to be the song that's dividing a lot of people um some some people love it um and i i love it and you at, at least really like it um yeah, but a, a lot of other people who maybe aren't 
maybe aren't as big Strokes fans or maybe didn't stick with them beyond the second album, just found it a bit, I don't know, grating. Um, but I, I love it. I think, it, you know, it's got that kind of Pink Floyd wall punch in it. The Strokes have always worn their influences on their sleeve. This album is no different. Um, I think Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus, like I said, it's my song of the summer. I think it's I think it's a perfect pop song. It's bright. It's energetic. It's got that really great hook. Um, but I, I guess especially like they're letting the guitars lead the sound here, um, which have been missing on the last two albums, especially Angles. And I I really like that because that that kind of baseline is where they're best. You know, those Albert Hammond, Hammond Jr.'s just amazing guitar hooks. Like there's there's not a whole lot of really interesting, you know, chord progressions here, but there never was with stroke songs. It's kind of what they do within that kind of like the Smiths in a way where it's like the the, the, the chords are pretty simple. But it's what it's what you do with the melody um, within that 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 makes it so interesting, I suppose. Um, I, I, I love At The Door in the context of the album so much more than I did before. Um, I didn't mean to rhyme there. I think it's so, it's so heavy and beautiful. And then when the guitars kick in, it's just, it's just so fabulous. And they just, they sound like they loved making it. And I think that's when they sound their best, you know, like it's, it's, it's playful. You know, like the, that fake lead in to Ode to the Mets, the last song on the album, or the guitars coming in um, on At the Door when Julian sings uh, Struck Me Like a Chord and then the guitars come in. Like, that's funny. Um, or like the sounds of the studio kind of leading out a lot of the tracks or drums, please, Fab. Like all of these moments just kind of, it really, really sounds like they had a really good time making it. Um and that I, I think that goes a long way because if you're in a good environment, you are going to want to spend more time within it and try to get the right take, try to get the best take. Um, I saw a lot of people talking in terms of production about um, that it was like overly compressed. I've I've listened to it a lot of times and I, it's not something that I have noticed at all. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't get that much. I think it's very clean um, and yeah. very bright. And I think... I wonder in terms of Rick Rubin, was it he was he actually there or at the boards? Or is he, he was, like he was there, produce? yeah. Was he? he was he was in he was in the studio with them, yeah. Um they they've done two um two Zoom chats, um, two like shows oh, those, um yeah. called uh Five Guys Talk About Things They Know Nothing About. The first one was kind of just about nothing, just before the album drop and then the second one was um, they played the album, they played each song and kind of talked a little bit about it. But in true Strokes fashion, you know, didn't actually say anything. Um, but it was just nice to pretend to be on a Zoom call with them for a while. But um, but yeah, I, I, I think that this this record, they they just haven't sounded this consistent since, I guess, Room on Fire. And... There is an absolute through line in this record. Like the the songs don't sound disjointed. Sure, they're all inspired by different kinds of music, but there is there like I said before, they're really letting the guitars kind of lead the way on it. So you can always kind of find your way home within it. I think it ends so 
beautifully with Ode to the Mets, which has become one of my favorite stroke songs. Um, it has such a beautiful melody, has two beautiful melodies actually in it because it did, it changes up around halfway through. And Gillian just sounds so kind of pained and immediate. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know if we've heard him sound this sincere in a really long time. Um, even on 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 those Voids albums, I don't know. I I haven't heard anything from them like Ode to the Mets since since those first couple of albums. Um, I just I I th- I think it's, a, it's such a fantastic return to form. I'm so happy that we have it. Um, I'm going to be playing this album a lot. It is absolutely one of like contender for my album of the year so far. Um, and. I'm just yeah. I'm just so 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 happy that the lads are back with. Uh, I wonder. With the band. I wonder if a you know it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way because their you know their sense of ease here is sometimes a sense of comfort in what they know. Maybe a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's kind of. I don't mind that though. I mean, they're they're the Strokes. They redefined guitar music in the two thousands. You know, like if they it, like they they can kind of afford to rest on their laurels a little bit when it comes to, you know, playing it safe and to, like with guitar hooks or like even the the effects on the guitars and stuff. Yeah, you know? that's fine. I think it's just worth saying, worth asking if if that is the case, um, or whether mm. that is acceptable where some other bands might not get away with that for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, I will say like there's there's two songs on the record that I'm not completely in love with, which are Why Are Sunday So Depressing and Not The Same Anymore. I guess I, I it's, not, it's not that I don't love them. It's just those would be the songs that I have skipped the most um, after At The Door. They're real like, classic, like late album filler kind of tracks, aren't they? A little bit like that. They were a bit Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think they're interesting and they're definitely doing something different. But I think once At The Door finishes, I want to go straight to Ode To The Mets. It just that that just kind of makes more more sense to me. But I, I do think that you've got like what? One, two, three, four, five. You've got six songs in a row on a nine so- song album that are just you know excellent songs and then you've got two that are good and then you've got another excellent song finishing you out like i i just if if this was a debut album you know people would be losing their fucking minds about it i think it's just there's so much pressure on the strokes because they are the strokes everybody has an opinion about the strokes whether you're a fan whether you used to be a fan and you're not anymore whether you hate them or whether you hate them because you used to be a fan and, and, and you're not anymore. Everybody's got an opinion on them. Um, but mine is that they are happy and they're healthy and they sound it. Very good. All right. I think that's probably a fair place to leave it. I'm looking forward to seeing in a couple of months, maybe uh, how you're going to feel about this. Uh, maybe when we do our half year check in on albums. So yeah. far. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. How that shakes out. So let's play a bit of uh, Eternal Summer, which is currently my favorite song. And actually, Luke loves the song as well. So uh, this is Eternal Summer from The Strokes.
Potatoes and Strokes with Eternal Summer from our album of the week this week, The New Abnormal. Now, Andrea, what have you been, what's been consuming you this week? What has, uh, what things you've been listening, watching, reading and uh, indulging in this week? I have been, okay, so I started watching Ozark on netflix have you is watched it that? any good is it any good it is yeah i'm only three episodes in i'm watching it with the housemates so we're doing one episode every night um and oh yeah it's really good it's really really good it's um jason bateman um and laura L- laura linney is that her name um and it's about a man who is laundering money for a mexican drug cartel see it I kind think- of ha- Sorry, originally it just sounded like uh, Breaking Bad, so I just left it. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a bit, it's kind of Breaking Bad meets Twin Peaks meets um, Arrested Development, I suppose. And not, not even just because Jason Bateman is in it, but it really is the story of one man trying to hold his family together. Um, but yeah, it's great. All of the supporting cast are fantastic. Like it's, I absolutely recommend it. I'd say once you watch the first episode, you'd be hooked. Um, I was really surprised by how easily I got into it. Um, so I've been watching that. Um, I've been reading, I read um, a book called uh, convenience store woman by um, uh, Sayaka Murata, uh, who's a Japanese author. It was a uh, translated book um, about a woman who, um, due to kind of I, I, like un, untold mental health reasons, can't really get a grip or kind of can't get a a feeling on how she's supposed to behave in the world. So she gets this job in this convenience store and she bases her, she models her behavior based off of her role there and the handbook that is given to her. And it's just about, it's, it's a very short book. Um, it's just about her kind of going through the world as a convenience store worker. And it's really refreshing and witty and just such such a brilliant idea well realized um i really really enjoyed it you'd read it in a day uh, you'd fly through it i also read um my year of rest and relaxation by sorry i'm googling the author um um Ot- otessa moshfi which I've obviously pronounced wrong, um, which is a novel about a woman, um, a young woman who she decides to take a year off from life um, and go into a drug-induced sleep. So she has this um, kind of like really really awful therapist like who is just prescribing her whatever she wants um and her goal her goal is to literally sleep for a year um and so it follows her through that year it's 2000 turn of the millennium and it's yeah very interesting intriguing witty book uh they were they were cool books to kind of read alongside each other actually um definitely recommend it it is not about rest and relaxation it is about drug use um and it's very interesting a really really interesting voice 
And I've just started reading um, Emily St. John Mandel's new novel, um, The Glass Hotel. She wrote Station Eleven, which is a novel that a lot of people are reading right now um, due to its kind of post-apocalyptic um, kind of tone and vibe. Uh, it's an excellent novel. How do you feel about that it. phenomenon of people um, consuming media about uh, outbreaks and pandemics mm. and yeah i don't know how i feel about it it's not really where yeah. my head's at i mean like station 11 isn't it's not about a pandemic it was i i don't actually know if the thing that happened was named in it but it's it's long enough after the the event that um it follows a a, a group of traveling artists and performers around the place and there's stuff about cults in it and there's stuff about kind of um how, like survival when things are starting to get to the stage where you can afford to be an artist again um it's a really really interesting book uh the one i'm starting now the glass hotel is also very interesting i think this comes out on the 30th so hopefully i will have more of a sense of what it's like before then um but so far really really liking it and finally, listening, um, I've been listening to Fiona Apple. Uh, her new album comes out tomorrow, which is obviously long awaited and people are very, very excited about it. I'm a huge Fiona Apple fan. Um, so I've been listening to some of her records, the last record she released. Um, they're all very long titles. You can search them. Um, this and her called first record fetch, too. fetch the Bolt Cutters, this one. Called yes. the boat colors. Yeah, I did read that New Yorker profile with her, which is very interesting. Yeah. Um, it's great, wasn't it? It was really yeah. well written piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. So listen to Fiona Apple, listening to the Strokes and Hampton Lighthouser, pretty much. Yeah, that's it. Very good. Well, we mentioned you. I'm just in, in terms of like crises and pandemics and uh, weird events. <laughs> I mean, this is the more fantastical element of the scale but i did end up watching m night Shyamalan's the happening over the weekend oh no week. no it's so gas oh my god it's awful I know, nobody showed up to work that day but that's why i watched it it's so oh, bad it's so bad that's Wahlberg, isn't it yeah mark Wahlberg is terrible oh, in it. he's so bad zoe deschanel zoe is the worst deschanel, in awful. it she's like acting in a different film She's like she just she, did not show up. She like. looked like she CGI'd in from a different film. <laughs> like they were just like, just use that footage from her in this film. And Mark Wahlberg right. said, No, no. He's acting oh. really bad. He's like, No, sir. No, ma'am. I'm that's not what's happening. And you're like, is just it, give me a second. Just give me a second. As bad as I remember it. It isn't the twist worse. that the grass did it. Uh <laughs> The the twist is yeah basically everyone thinks that what's happening is that the uh, uh, nature is killing um, humans really because uh, we we, we are have the virus too many people there's too many people and when the more people that gather together so it, it it gets us all to socially distant by killing us all or getting us uh, to kill ourselves. Um, isn't there there's there's children in in the film who I remember being terrible as well isn't there. Um, yeah, a couple of children. Is there a get, child in they it? Get, they get, yeah, they get killed in it as well. Okay, um, yeah. But I actually, afterwards, I was like, why is this, fi what is this film about? <laughs> and then I, I ended up on a YouTube hole that was like some guy, I can't remember his name, but he was like saying, if you take this and signs and some other awful film that the 
uh, Will and Jaden Smith did for M Night Shyamalan together after Earth. It this is actually a uh, an alien like allegory. This is all it's all about. The aliens are actually doing yeah. this. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. I uh, I didn't hate Signs. Was that no? Signs Sign was good. Yeah, that was a good film. Yeah, um, I like Signs. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just really bad. The happening's really bad. It's really That's bad. Terrible. Yeah, I watched it's, it once. It's like, so, I think. So bad like it was long enough watching. ago that I think we rented it. Yeah, and, um, probably. It was oh, 1999. It was... Yeah, um, Christ. Really it's really bad. bad. But you know who doesn't make an appearance in it? Um, what is the name of the character in... Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, one of the succession lads. Um, oh, oh, oh. What the one I name? like. Not the... Roman. Um Kendall, Jeremy Strong appears in it. Oh. He he is in it as a um a marine at some point, so that's happening. I can't um, believe you sat down and watched Mark Wahlberg for an hour and a half. Ah, look, I I was <laughs> I ne- I needed something to turn the brain off and it was perfect. Um so Oh, I I, I have something for you. Um so there's a YouTube channel called Folding Ideas and he he's a really excellent uh, video essayist and um filmmaker. Um and he has a series called something like a a, a light defense of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> it's not it's not really a defense, right? But he he goes through each film. You don't need to have seen the films or read the books because he goes through it all. But he sort of compares, like he's he makes a defense for the film because he's like, look at this moment. This moment, it could have been good because they did the lighting well here and they did this well. But you get the whole backstory about the like shit show that was E.L. James's involvement in that franchise. And it's absolutely fascinating. Um, it's the Folding Ideas YouTube channel. I like, fully recommend. I watched all three of them today. Um, and it was the <laughs> second time that I'd watched them. They're each an hour long. Wow. Um, which I, I'm like, G- give me an hour long video essay on anything and I will watch it. Um, <laughs> but I'd say, I'd, say, I'd say you'd really like them, Niall. I'd like definitely check them out. I'd love some good, um, yeah, uh, video essay recommendations. If anybody has them, send them to me yeah. uh, on Twitter. Yeah, I would love check to out uh, Lin- Lindsay Ellis as well. Is a brilliant, brilliant uh, channel. She's okay. she's uh, like top tier. Very good. Yeah, she's great. Um, the other things I've been enjoying this week are, um, well, I haven't finished it all, but I've been listening to the latest episode of the Broken Record podcast, which is actually Rick Rubin, as we mentioned earlier on, uh, in mm. conversation with Richard Russell of XL Recordings. Um, really interesting chat between two people who clearly respect one another and who have uh, a past history, and um, I found that quite illuminating. Um, my boys, the remaining two boys of the Beastie Boys, were on... Uh, there's two uh, YouTube videos you can watch of them talking to Jimmy Fallon and Questlove over Zoom last week, which is just yeah. lovely. Very lovely little bit of nostalgic uh, chat between... Uh, Questlove especially and the Beastie Boys talking about uh, the roots support and the Beasties and stuff like that and uh, just like growing up in Philly and talking about nice things it's uh, it's very charming and uh, very Questlove lovely. did a did a stream recently where he was playing some tunes on his piano or something and he was playing a Stevie Wonder tune and Stevie Wonder like rang him during oh, really? it <laughs> and was like just like oh yeah I love that you're playing my tune or whatever yeah Harry told me about it I haven't seen it but apparently it's amazing because Questlove's like oh my god Stevie Wonder's on the phone nice. um, and that's really nice and then uh, I've been continuing to rewatch The Sopranos which is exactly mm-hmm. what I need to do uh, I'm halfway through season two now and then 
I went last night watched uh, all of um the original shorts of High Maintenance, the TV show about the show, the HBO show mm. about the guy uh, who's a weed dealer in New York and the vignettes about people and their lives, um, which are just brilliant. And because uh, I tried to watch the uh, the Noam Baumbach film, uh, the Merowitz stories it's on Netflix. It's no. really, really not. I had to turn it off. Um, great cast, but very boring. Um, mm. Who's like Dustin Hoffman, Adam Sandler, um and it was just Emma Thompson's in it and uh yeah it was just boring I had to turn off so that was a, that was one of those things yeah. oh do you know something else I watched during the week with my housemates um my, my housemate Denise really liked Frozen um and I watched it with her at Christmas and I was like yeah this is fine watch Frozen too that movie is nuts it makes <laughs> no sense whatsoever it was a blast like it was like really fun to watch but i couldn't tell you what the plot was like frozen has a lot of plot issues and pacing issues but good god frozen 2 is mental um so if you want to like trip out for an hour and a half watch frozen 2 <laughs> uh, so you're on the disney plus plus somebody there are they yeah yeah i've been watching some of the simpsons um watching some season five um uh, no if i start talking about the simpsons i'll never stop um but yeah i've been really really liking going going back and i watched the lion uh, king the original lion king that's what i watched oh that's next on our list uh because my housemate has never seen it and i was like excuse me what yeah i and i we watched some of uh black panther afterwards and i was like they're the same story (laughs) yeah there's a lot of similarities in black panther they're they're both hamlet yeah it's very good um both of them are very good anyway i have to find i yeah i'm not sure how much stuff i'm gonna find on disney plus to watch but you know now's the time to watch it so why not lizzie mcguire is on there so check that out no you 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 were too old for lizzie mcguire when it was around i was i was like a year too old which was perfect (laughs) okay all right that's it for me anyway uh this week um yeah that's what i've been doing that's what we've been it's all from me too yeah, very good. Okay, Andrea, um, it is Thursday evening. What are you going to go do? I'm going to go um, Skype cook dinner with my boyfriend because it's his birthday today. Um, and we've never Skyped before, so we'll see how this goes. Um, but we're going to make some kind of Italian pasta dish and um, and then maybe try try to figure out some way to watch Better Call Saul together. Like press play at the same time. Oh, apparently they're together. Yeah, there's Netflix party or some Chrome uh thing that you can do that with. Yeah, I saw something going around, so we might give that. We might give that a go. Um, yeah, I've been. Wa- yeah, I've, I'm caught up to date now. I'm. I'm. I've one more, one new episode of Better Call Saul to watch. Yeah, um, I think I'm four episodes behind, so I have a good bit to go. I watched four in a day in the in 24 hours. I think so. Okay, um, that yeah. bodes well. It does. Yeah, it is okay. good. And you're starting to get Excited. towards you know some sort of bigger uh thing happening um, okay because it does feel like it was as much as i enjoy it it just kind of feel like it's building up to something slowly and we're, think yeah. we're starting to get towards something bigger now okay so that's exciting um okay so that's it from us this week uh we'll talk to you next week uh you can obviously tell your friends about the podcast and subscribe on all the podcast platforms that are out there gotta leave you with a song from uh the co-founder of the Dublin Club Club Comfort his name is Selkie 
and had a 12 inch uh, currently out at the moment uh, and this is the uh, first of the two tracks from it it is called Kel Surprise and thank you Andrea and thank you Niall thank you listeners I will check if you have any good recipes or anything else to send me do so and best of luck with your dinner bye
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.